We've got Andrew Stetka, who writes for Utah Street Report and and MassInSports.com. First of all, we had a very informative, lively discussion with the uh, president of the Atlantic League about umpire assist, the supposed electronic balls and strike umpire. Where do you stand on this, Andrew Stetka? Well, first of all, you guys got the easier Stetka. I'm, I'm just a phone call away. I don't know how you get in touch with that other guy. All right, well, um, that's true. You have to text but, him. But you, but you, you know what? through Alex. The next time we call, we want Jen Stetka on here. That's what we want. That, that's she, She's way down the list. That's, <laughs> even tougher. that's even tougher than the other guy. We'd have me. to ask OJ to help us get in touch with your dad. He'd be looking <laughs> on the golf courses. You know. uh, exactly. So how do, how do you stand on this? Uh, you know, I'm open to, to change. Un, uh, you know, unlike Craig, I you know, he's, I, I hear he's very against this. I mean, you, you gotta you gotta get the calls right. That's the that's the biggest thing to me. And we've seen this. This is not just a baseball thing. This is happening across all sports. Um, it's it's really a big you know a big uh, piece of contention right now in the game of soccer. They're implementing replay in there. I mean, the, 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 you know, we've seen it happen in tennis over the last few years with the uh, the line calls. They've done a really good job of that. Tennis, I think, probably does the best job of of just you know using some form of video or or uh, technology to get the calls right. I mean, this this kind of thing we, we we've seen it implemented in the NFL over the last few years. This kind of thing is just it's just technology catching up to you know the, the sporting world in general, and I think it's. It's all going to happen eventually and, and, and be perfected. But for now, there's there's growing pains with it. I'm yeah. interested to see how it plays out. And from this standpoint, when they went to replay and everybody, you know, threw up the gauntlet there and a lot of people said they were against that. Now, the replay has done some good in terms of getting calls right that umpires miss, you know, plays down the line, first base calls that are bang, bang, that kind of thing. But, Andrew, we've also seen – situations where it's pretty plain and obvious looking at a replay what the call should be and then they still don't get it right now well and that that to me that to me i want to i want to see the transcript and and the conversation of what goes on between the umpires and and the people in new york at when it comes at that point i I really do in my mind a lot of the times when you see a, a problem like that there is more an issue with a way a rule is written and a technicality with the way a rule is written. Um, and I'm, I'm speaking very much in generalities here, n- not just about baseball. I mean, you know, th- there's, there's a lot of gray area sometimes in the way that a rule is written and, and how it should be called versus what we actually see on a replay um, and, and, and what we think should be called. That's, that's the case in a lot of these situations. Now, I agree with you. You know, sometimes it, it, it appears that there's a call that should obviously be made on a replay or you know, in, in any kind of form of technology being used to get calls right, um, and, and, and it goes the opposite direction, and, and that's confusing to all of us. And that's where these growing pains come in and, and, and what has to be perfected, you know, in, in the long run. We're talking, with, okay. we're talking with Andrew Stetka, who writes for Utah Street Report and Masson Sports. Um, in the last three, four weeks, the Orioles have gone 12 and 12 and the Detroit Tigers have gone, <laughs> have gone four and 20 and they are now ahead of the Orioles. Or if you want to say it correctly, they're behind the Orioles by two games. Is this a big deal? If the Orioles end up getting the, the number two pick instead of the number one pick, is this going to somehow totally 
turn the tables on the time, the t- the timetable for the Orioles uh, rebuild? I mean, in, in a word, no. Yeah. I just wish that of the of the of the twelve games they did win over the last few weeks, I, the one I went to could have been one of them. That was a shame. <laughs> uh, I, I, I got to see them when they were out here in Arizona earlier this week, and they when they lost uh, one of one of the three games to the D backs, but. Um, but in a word, no, Stan. I mean, it, it, whether they picked first, second, third, I mean, I don't think they're going to have any chance of slipping out of the top five this year. Yeah. Um, frankly, I still think they got a great shot at the number one pick. This is not a good team. They're going through a little bit of a, you know, it's, it's weird to call a 500 run a hot streak, but um, <laughs> they are playing a little bit better over the last, you know, week and a half or so. Um, and you know that, but that's not. It's not like it's going to set them back that far. I mean, this team is still going to be in the bottom, you know, tier of of Major League Baseball, and they're going to have a high draft pick, whether that's one, two, three, four. Um, they're going to get a, a a very good player in the draft next year, and and hopefully a, a few of them um, throughout the you know the 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 first the early rounds, just like they hopefully did this year. But to to me, the the, the bigger you know grand thing about this it's about getting good players into your organization sure but i think that one of the bigger problems that really gets overlooked that the orioles had over the over the last few years and and what kind of got them into this situation is not just getting good players into your organization but it's developing them into better players mm-hmm. once they get there um the orioles you know for years were, were were getting talent in the organization but they weren't able to develop it properly and that's i think going to be the biggest thing and and it's tough for fans to kind of get a grasp on that yeah, wrap um, because, your arms it, it, around because it. it's not something you can see it's not you can't look at a prospect ranking sheet and see how many you know top 100 prospects an organization has you, you know when you're talking about development that's not something that is, is is tangible it's not something you can hold on to it's something that you just kind of have to have faith in and rely on happening um, and obviously it didn't come through for the Orioles for many years and that's why they're in the situation that they're in right now um, with so few quality big leaguers on the roster, uh, you know it, it's something you really just have to be blind about and kind of have faith in that, that that's happening properly down there throughout the minors and and as players graduate uh, on different levels and and eventually hopefully make it up to the majors. Well, I just hope the fans understand that they need to trust the process. And they don't. Well, if you're on social media, you know that they don't. Because, yeah, they don't. They, they, there's because a lot of frustration. I, there's a lot of frustration. But you, you, we've talked about it being a rebuilding year. We talked about it being that way ever since the end of last season. And yet you still get, you know, the passionate fans. And I understand where they're coming from in terms of, you know, why did Hyde do this? And everybody wants to fire Hyde now. And, you know, and I'm like, well, what are you talking it. about? <laughs> I understand it to an extent as well because part of the reason is this is a very um, – uh, hurt fan base. I mean, they went through a decade and a half of really, really dreadful baseball. And I can understand that those scars are still there. Um, it's, you know, when you, when you go back to being at the bottom of the league, like they have so quickly after, after a really good, you know, mm-hmm. five-year stretch where there was three playoff appearances and, and winning baseball in a packed stadium, when you go back to the other end of the spectrum, people are having flashbacks now to that 14-year stretch where they were a losing team every year and that's really difficult to grasp and it's 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 traumatic you know i i say that in a in a sports sense obviously i mean there are more important things in the world but but for fans of this team you, 
if you look back at that that era of baseball, the dark ages, as so many call it, and it's you don't want to see another fourteen years of losing. I mean, that's really that's something that's really really difficult to get over. And so I can understand why fans would be frustrated and upset with it, but there is a, a certain level of you know understanding that has to come with it. You have to realize that this is a three, four, five year process to get this thing turned around, and you also have to just have faith that. The organization has brought in um, Mike Elias and his crew to kind of do this thing in a, in the right way and do it uh, over over a process. And uh, you know, Brandon Hyde, I know he's getting a lot of flack on on, on social media, but I mean, what what did anyone expect this season? Well, I mean, in, indeed, and then you see the fans that, that then there's the other faction that says. What are they doing? They're winning. They're going to screw up the number one <laughs> draft pick. Right. I mean, right. well, you know, I, well, yeah. I've, I've covered, I've covered this game and a lot of games every... for 30 years. And I'm going to tell you right now, whether you believe it or not, there's not a team out there that That's says, tanking. we're going to tank to get the number one pick. No, it just doesn't not. work that way. Right. They might tank in basketball where where you're looking for one player out of the 12 you have or 14 to, to think you're going to get that substantive a change five years later from a one a number one pick right. in baseball just ain't happening. Hey, Andrew, well, yeah, you, you Andrew, mentioned it in basketball. It's a much smaller roster. Yeah, that's what I'm you saying. You can turn you things have, around so much faster, yeah, and, 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 and you're right. It, that just can't happen in yeah, baseball. And one Rutsch, player does not make a difference. Andrew Rutschman's not going to help the Orioles until probably 2021. Oh, that's too long, Stan. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> hey, um, Apropos, <laughs> apropos to what you were talking about, I had, and I know you're not an avid um, uh, guy who's always on my uh, after bird watching, but you know that there's a guy on there that's all so about this rebuild, uh, AJ, and he pointed out something the other night, and I thought it was interesting. I've been maintaining that the, the beauty of the Astros and what Jeff Lunau, Elias, Sig Madol, and the analytics have allowed them to do is acquire Justin Verlander, Ryan Presley, Garrett Cole, and somehow present them with a secret sauce that has made them substantially better in an Astros uniform than in their prior uniforms. All of a sudden, what you what you alluded to, Andrew, about developing the talent on hand, you think it's a coincidence that all of a sudden these pitchers from Lother and Bowman and Alex Wells and uh, Zimmerman, that all of a sudden they're all having great seasons under this regime? I don't well, think, I think it's that an accident. Well, I think seen whether it's a coincidence or not. Yeah. I mean, it very well could be, but at yeah. the same time, we're seeing, you know, uh, these pitchers down in, especially in Bowie and, yeah. and other places, have a lot of success, which is, which is great. I think you still have to... Um, Tamp down expectations to a point. I mean, we're always told that you know, out of what ten prospects that, yeah, that, that, that are two, that are highly right. thought of, one or two might hit and become major leaguers. I think you still have to have that kind of level of um, expectation. But for 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 the Orioles to have you know five, six, seven different pitchers throughout the minors right now that are performing well and having good seasons, I think that's really encouraging. Um, and I think it's, it's it should be. You know, like I said, somewhat exciting yep. uh, for Orioles fans to think about down the line that they may have some of these pitchers, even if they're not all, you know, going to fill up a rotation at one time. At least guys who are, you know, 
just get, can be contributors down the line and, yeah. and can be fourth or fifth starters or, you know, maybe guys that can even be flipped for other players. You know, maybe the Orioles are getting to a point where uh, they're, they're, they're on the verge of becoming good and they can trade some of these guys that are on the verge for even better players. You never know what might happen down the line. I mean, how many times have the Orioles always uh, said, boy, let's get this guy from the Dodgers? It goes back to trading Eddie Murray when we got Juan Bell back because the Dodgers had built him up. If there's an aura around your 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 upcoming talent, I don't think you're wrong at all, Andrew. I think you're right on the money that maybe two out of the ten make it to your team and are impact players, but another two or three can be used to flip in trades. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the Dodgers. Think about the Dodgers in the position they're in right now. You yeah. know, they've they've been to a couple of uh, World Series, haven't won it yet, but they've 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 been a successful club over the last few seasons. Um, you know, always always out there winning that National League West, and they also, while having success at the major league level, have been able to build up their farm system to a point that teams would love to go in there and give up their major league talent to pluck some minor league talent from them. Um, and they're in a position where they can do kind of whatever they want. I mean, they could give up some of their minor league talent to get other major league talent, or they could continue to sustain this thing and rely on that minor league talent to continue to filter into the major league team over the next few years and continue this run that they've been on. I mean, if they keep making World Series here year in and year out, they're eventually going to win one. I mean, that's just the you know the statistics of it. I mean, so that, that they're in a, they're in that position where you, you can build up that farm system and just have it be really really strong and 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 continue to pluck from it into your major league roster. Um, or they have the option, like I said, to to go get other players from other teams that they might want and give up some of their prospects. Oh. It's, it's a great position for them to be, and they 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 kind of have you know. Uh, everyone at their feet, uh, and and you know, or have that ability. Are you making that assessment about the Dodgers? Kind of thinking about the Atlanta Braves, who won 14 years, winning the division, and only won one <laughs> World Series. Well, but I'll tell you what: if you're an Orioles fan, right? Oh, now, you take you that take in a that heartbeat, right. absolutely. And, and, and people people give the Braves <clears throat> and that that era of Braves teams a lot of grief all the time. But you win a World, you, they won a World Series. They, right. It wasn't like they didn't win any, and Brave fans will always have that to look back on. As they say, flags fly forever. They were a, a, a dominant organization for, for so many years. And, and you, like, you bring up a great point, Craig. I mean, that's, that is kind of the model. You, you, you keep going to the World Series and keep winning your division and give yourself as many opportunities and chances as you can, and you will probably win one. And that's, I know, I know the, the generation of Orioles fans right now would take that a hundred times out of a hundred, they just want one to, to to savor right now. Right, because you haven't been one since '83, and you cannot win one unless you get there. And right. and I, you increase your chances if you continue to give yourself the opportunity. Absolutely, even like like the Dodgers. I mean, the Dodgers haven't won one since since the '80s as well. But if they continue to go there and continue to to make the runs and win the division every year and put themselves in position they will eventually break through and win one. Right, and that's the great thing about the trade deadline, which we're about to encounter, and it's different, obviously, this year because there's the non, you know, there is no more non-waiver trade deadline. But, you know, the the beauty of the wild card and getting there into the postseason has has really kind of, you know, from a trade deadline standpoint, a lot of teams still think that they have a shot, so they're sometimes reluctant to be sellers you know, and, and well, and you think about the Orioles' most recent run too. I mean, that that five year yeah. stretch 
two out of those three playoff appearances were in that wild card spot. Um, obviously, they won the one wild card game, lost the other, but they continue to give themselves a shot. And you know that 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 middle uh, playoff appearance where they won the division and, and made it all the way to the ALCS. That's the kind of opportunities we're talking about here. If you continue to give yourself a shot, you know, eventually you could. I mean, the Orioles ran into a, a Royals team that year in the ALCS that was red hot and. And, you know, but, but in a different situation, in a different year, you continue to give yourselves those shots. It could have been the Orioles lifting the trophy at the end there. Well, you know, the funny part about that is, though, that Royals team, all four of those games from the Orioles' perspective were winnable. But oh, yeah. they, they turned that into, and, and really, when you think about bullpens in the postseason and that philosophy, that team, more than anyone, to me, was the quintessential uh, you know, model, if you will, because they had starting pitching that if they got to five, five, six innings at the most out of their starters, the three guys they were using on the back end of that bullpen were locked down. Yeah, you're 100% right. I mean, th- all four of those games, in, you know, in that series sweep were tight, and it was, it never really felt like, I mean, it felt like a sweep from the standpoint of they lost all four games, but it never really felt like that watching each game. It was a tight series. And, you know, like you said, most you give yourself those opportunities and eventually you could break through. And that's those, kind of what, what the model is these days. Those first three games of that series were uh, the most nauseating games I've watched, yep. uh, I think, ever as an Orioles fan. Because, look, my first year on the air was 1983. In any meaningful way, I did this show called All About Baseball on Saturdays and Sundays before and sometimes after Oriole games on WFBR, which was the home of Oriole baseball. If you had said to me, Stan, you'll be in your 70s the next time the Orioles win or appear in a World Series, I would have said, you got to have your head examined. We're one of the best organizations in baseball. And it just is the way of baseball. Uh, and look, it's hard to believe the Dodgers, they won their last World Series five years after the Orioles won a World Series. They haven't won one. Now, they've had the benefit of being in a couple uh, the last two years. And to Andrew's point, that's what makes those 14 years before Buck Showalter got here yeah. so tough on fans because – I give Dan Duquette from, some credit. Oh, too. absolutely. But from from 61 to 84, right. that was the winningest organization in all of baseball. And with Earl Weaver at the helm, if you didn't finish first or second – you know, something was wrong because Earl always had them in contention. Yeah, no question about it. Hey, uh, just read this story. It's kind of neat. Uh, Mookie Betts hit the three home runs last mm-hmm. night. Did you know that before Friday's game, Betts met with a child from the Make-A-Wish Foundation, 10-year-old Nico Sapienza, who asked him to hit a home run for him? I'm glad he came, Betts said. He's our good luck charm. He's a great kid. I th- think him and his family had fun down at BP. If I can use the platform I have to make people smile like that, then I know I've done something well. That's a great story. That's a good story. Yeah. And you know when you talk about guys hitting three home runs in games, there was uh, him last night, Nelson yep. Cruz the night before. Yeah. And well, I don't like to talk about that because uh, <laughs> Lucas Giolito was on my fantasy team. Well, yeah. How could you pitch? How could he pitch to him the third time? Number one, what is the manager thinking? And number two, why didn't he just walk the guy? Well, it was that it was that conversation the pitching coach had when he went out to the mound, Andrew, and said, 
You know, there's a guy in Baltimore named Stan Charles. He's got you on his fantasy team. True, it's true. <laughs> that is what happened. That is what happened. We're talking with Andrew Stetka. Andrew, so what are you writing about uh, right now about the Baltimore Orioles? Uh, you know, I'm I'm really just kind of looking at it, – it's funny. I, some of the stuff that I've written about over the last few weeks has really been the fans' reaction, kind of what we were talking about earlier, to this whole process and how – um, you know, all of this losing that the Orioles have gone through is, is, is freaking fans out. And that's what's kind of, I, I wouldn't say it's bothered me, but it's surprised me to an extent. It's almost a what were you expecting type of, um, you know, type of response from me. I'm, I'm trying to get to the bottom of, of some of that. And, um, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that's, that's bothered me from, from just from a standpoint of, you know, wondering what the fans' mindset is going into this whole thing. Um, I've also recently written, I, re- I wrote recently about the uh, the Andrew Kashner deal and how people kind of freaked out about that as well. Um, you know, trading away a, a veteran pitcher um, for a, a couple of teenagers really bothered some people, and, and that, that puzzled me as well. Um, you know, with the trade deadline coming up this week, um, I think fans are really going to be disappointed no matter what the Orioles do, even though I don't really think they're going to do a lot. Um, and that's just one of those things that I, I'm kind of looking at. I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see how fans are reacting to this whole process. Um, that's, that's the most, you know, to me, the process is going to play out how it's going to play out. There's, there's, we don't have any control uh, uh, over it as fans or media members or reporters or any of that. Um, but it's fascinating to watch, but it's also fascinating, like we were talking about earlier. You've got a fan base here that was, you know, put through the ringer for 14 years of losing, and then they got the taste for, for five years of, of winning and a couple of playoff appearances, and now they're, they're back on that other end. It's a real roller coaster with this organization over the last 20, 25 years. Um, and it, it's interesting to me to see how fans react to all of that um, and, and to know that people are going to freak out when they you know trade Michael Givens for – you know, a prospect that they've never heard of and is not ranked on the, you know, on the Baseball America list or, or any anything else. You know, they're, they're not going to get the return that they want for some of these players. But I keep reminding people that um, if the Orioles had better players to be trading, they wouldn't be losing as many games uh, as they that's are. That's a great point. <laughs> yep. Great point. Andrew, we've got a run. We've got uh, Matt Slatus, the GM of the Aberdeen Ironbirds, coming up in just a couple minutes. Should Thank- be exciting times down there over, over the next few days. I'm going to be there tonight for the uh, debut at Aberdeen of Adelaide Rutschman. Thank Indeed. you, Andrew. Always Anytime, a pleasure guys. to talk to you. Okay.